They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Hellard. Bye 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 bye. You'll come back. Are you singing in the background? <laughs> so, what have you done? <laughs> it's Josh Stevens. He's done his first labors of Josh. <laughs> So amazing. So, what was he had to do his own intro? Did he? Yeah. So that was one of the things that he had to do. So he's done the backing track and he's done the voiceover. <laughs> and is that actually him, or has he got someone? No, to... it's him. That's amazing. Brilliant. That is proper quality. But that's not it. That's not all. So um, yeah. if you if you're unaware, of this Josh Stevens is um, a do badder who. Have uh, we started? We have started. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is a, this week's unusual beginning to the show because um, that was uh, Josh Stevens. So Josh Stevens is a do-badder who um, won a competition. No, no, he's, he's not a do-badder until he's completed his no, task. No, no, he's, he's gone back to being a do-gooder or a triathlete. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, he basically he's a tribadder. As a tribadder, yeah. What he what he did to suddenly get into the do badder bad books was he entered he entered a competition to um, win a free place for the steeplechase. And um, in order to enter that competition, he suggested uh, something that he'd do, which was um, basically rock up to the start um, in full full kit, talking smack, and then you know when it starts walking out. Uh, and he didn't do that. He, he he got it under full circumstances, and he didn't do that. So now he's paying the price. And the tw- 12 labours of um, of Josh Stevens, and that, that was the first one. <laughs> do the new intro for... That's the first one. That could be brilliant. So, By the time he hit number 12, my God. So, so no, but he's not, this isn't it. He's, he's, he's actually committed to this. He's signed up for the colour run next. <laughs> <laughs> which one is it? I don't know which one it is. He's so is he going to win it? Uh, has he got to win it or lose it? I can't remember which one it I is. Think, I think you've got to win it and try and get through completely clean. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that's that's that'll be funnier. And like, yeah. and when you get to the end, just keep going. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. In your face, in your face, Dulux or Skittles or whatever it is. <laughs> Go around just smacking his chest. No colour. No colour. That, that needs to be filmed. The that's a br- that'd be a brilliant. Especially if we do amazing music and there's all these little children around him when he starts and he's elbowing. He's... They're trying to they're trying to get colour on him. He's elbowing teenagers out in, out of the way, <laughs> pushing old people to the ground who are trying to like spray him with paints. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Quality. Oh well, fair play, Josh. You've uh, you're redeeming yourself I, step that, by step. That, that's not it. He, to add to that, he has said he's also well, that, uh, right. He's also signed up for the Milton Keynes Marathon. Because Edinburgh's not taking entries anymore. Oh, oh! We I thought we liked Milton Keynes, though, didn't we? I I thought we liked Milton Keynes. I suppose he's made an attempt, but is there still a possibility he could get into Edinburgh? Ooh, well, you could always just run it. So, Tom Georgian, for example, he's he's just jumped in on London, and he ran about twenty five point five miles of it. And the great thing was. He, because he was using a number from the previous year. They, they often don't change the logo, and the poor bloke who had the same number as him was slower than him. 
So when he was going to his math and photos, all he saw was Batman. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, who's this Batman dude running his by number? <laughs> so he didn't have a chip, but he, he you know, he, he got clean through. So I think that's a way of doing Edinburgh. It's not as if you're going to be taking any water, is it? I tell you what, there seems to have been a spate at the moment of um, of problem races, running mm. like, either running out of water or um, did you see the thing that someone posted in the Facebook group today about um, the distance? What is it with distances at the moment? Can yeah. anyone actually measure a race? Yeah, I know. I mean, I it's, it's surely quite basic. Do you think they actually just map my run it or they just Strava it and then go, yeah, that's enough. This is the sort of thing I expect from a normal ultra. You know, and they just go, oh, unless yeah. it's like a, like a, a sort of a, a hundred mile or something like that. Then they just go, oh, well, it's like 20. Well, well, last time I went out, it was 28 miles, but it might be 30. It might be 32. You know, I expect, that's what you expect on an ultra. You don't expect that on the great Scottish run. Have I, have I ever talked about the suffering? Have I told you about the suffering race? No, no, you haven't. So, is it just another word for Edinburgh? Is what, what people call it. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. So... The suffering, I've never run it, but some of the guys in the, it's, it's, it's an obstacle race, I think. Either that or it's just an incredibly hard trail race. You know, the way Hellrunner just changed the way trail running was because it just went that extra level of insanity. I think this one's even harder. And so their 10K was 10 miles, which if you're in, what? I like that. I think that's brilliant though. But the see if you're in obstacle racing you, that's part and parcel the accuracy is completely random and you can just go for miles and miles but, extra but is that but is that that's part of the charm isn't it that's part of the yeah. the thing that's not like it's not as if you're going i'm gonna i'm gonna go for a pb on this or something like people run a half marathon or a marathon because they got pbs to beat yeah exactly it's, it's precisely that the fact that what is nice about ocr is that you don't meet someone and go, what's your time? Because it's completely irrelevant. You know, even something like nuts coming up one year to the next is so dramatically different because of the weather and because obstacle races every year, they'll put different obstacles in or it'll be slight. I mean, the, the conditions have such an impact on it. And so the fact that it's a mile extra you don't really know if it is or not because you're doing so much winding. You're sometimes going underground. And so the, the likelihood that there's going to be an accurate reading is pretty low anyway. Yeah. But I'll, um, I'm, I'm going to, so for the awards, when I was doing the muscle awards, so one of the awards, one of the official awards that I did as my own ones was review of the year, best worst review of the year. Right. So one of them was for the, in fact, I'll see if I can bring up, the zero star one one of them was for nuclear because there was a nuclear weekender and they were complaining that people were just partying all night long and having the best time and there was music and people were drinking that sounds great <laughs> it's brilliant so they've clearly put this review in thinking it's gonna be really bad for yeah for the nuclear whereas anyone reads that's like oh my god we've got to do nuclear it sounds incredible <laughs> People are partying all the way around. People are having a great time all the time. So uh, the one for the trouble is the trouble with the suffering race, though I think, is because people see it more like a a, a run running race. And as soon as you call something ten k, 
there was, I think, in some people's minds, an expectation that it was just 10K. So this is the review that a guy called Jamie Goodall wrote. Right. He said, fucking dog shit. (laughs) Fucking dog shit people train and plan for a 10K run. So when it turns into a 10 mile, it fucks people up and their plans up as do rock sticks. What the? (laughs) And their plans up as do rocks sticking out of places. You're meant to slide down. You can point out small pin all you want, but this takes the piss. Fuck you, suffering. Fuck you and your stupid ass with a broken roof rack. Your race sucks, frogs. Cocks. So, so your race sucks, frog cocks. You rotten sheep shitters. So that's on their Facebook page still. Why do Why do we get negative reviews like that? <laughs> why, do, why do people just... Like, leave us just one-star reviews without saying anything. Why don't we get, like, really aggressive? That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's brilliant. And, and and that's another thing. I mean, that that's a classic review, which I spoke to the Suffering Guys afterwards because I'd never met them before, and I wasn't sure whether they'd be a bit pissed off that I'd read out to, the well, a huge section of the obstacle race community this terrible review of their race. But they, they were cheering so loudly for it. They thought it was hilarious. And actually... If you're an OCR racer, you think, wow, that race sounds incredible. But what, I, what I don't say is that um, in no other race or no other type of race would you get a review that batshit crazy. I mean, even <laughs> even even looking yeah. at the worst, like when we talk about Edinburgh and you look at the reviews of that, people are angry. But mm. no one is that angry. Yeah. <laughs> no they're dismayed. They're dismayed and disappointed, but no one is yeah. that angry. What race, how bad does a race have to be in that person's mind? See, the thing is, no race can be that bad. Essentially, a race is, you know, you're running from one point to another. Yeah. You, you know, something bad might happen, like you run out of water or something like that. That'll, that makes you furious. But that's got him really angry. That's got <laughs> to a point. Yeah. Just like, what? He was expecting something very different. <laughs> he, was. A, he, was. he probably thought it was... Uh... 10k around a track this was <laughs> and nobody threw any colour onto my t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> oh my that's, so Josh has got to leave an incredibly scathing <laughs> review of the colour afterwards <laughs> I and think say, I think I think we need to we need to do something because I think there's a good opportunity now it's now we're starting to get back into sort of like race season um, mm. and we're going to have a lot of races coming up I think there is a place now for uh, do better race reviews. Do better race reviews on video. And they're going to be like one sentence or something. A single sentence, you know, at the, at the event after you've just finished it. But, you know, I think, I think there's, I think there's a good opportunity there. Cause, you know, we, we need, we need to sort of sh- share some of our common knowledge. What, what a good race to do, what a bad race is to do. Yeah, good idea. But I'd say don't do anything that's going to, going to necessarily hurt a race as in publicly reviewing on their website, unless it's Edinburgh, which is fine because we're just protecting people. That is our that responsibility. If, if you were do better and you've been, you're doing marathon, doing Edinburgh still, I, we need to speak to you. We just need to speak to you. What, if you, if you've listened to every episode and we've, we've had so many guests on like great runners and stuff who said Edinburgh shit. If you are still doing Edinburgh. <laughs> But maybe that's why. You know, some people, you know, so bad, it's good. It's like that person who was, um, the the local parish, I think, is trying to throw out of his used bookstore because he's rude to people and charges them 50p to come in. (laughs) 
and people go in there because it's because it's rude. Or when you go to Wankies, is it Wankies? Wankies? <laughs> yeah. Wankies, wonk, it's Wankies, I can't remember the name of it, it's the Chinese restaurant in Chinatown that is supposedly the worst service you can get, and they pride themselves on it. Do they really? Yeah, and people go in there to be mistreated. There's a um, there's a, a, a pub chain in America called um, mm. Dick, Dick's Last Resort, and um, they, uh, they, they basically, it's set up for you to just get shit service. It's mm. like, it's, it's USB, you go there, and the staff give you back chat. Um, you know, they give you abuse if you take too long ordering. You know, they take the piss out of you, and they absolutely love it. Like Americans, absolutely love it. And you just like go, just go to Camden or something. Just go to any British pub. And it's just it's the, you're like what they're being surly and aggressive. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how have you been? How things? Um, um, do you know what? This is probably the first day I've. Um, I've not been ill. For, I just, I'm, I'm like constantly ill. If, here's a call out to do badders. How the fuck do you stay not ill? I've just been yeah. ill so much in the last like few months. It's incredible. I don't know. Have you? Have you? You you felt okay or? Yeah. Well, no. I, I was. I I I had a I had a day off this week because I because my throat. The trouble is with running. It's that rule about if something's in your neck, you can't run. Yeah. Or something's in yeah. your chest. And it's so easy to have a sore throat. And, and But I've got a bit of a problem at the moment with one of my ears where if I get run down, it then just whack, it whacks me out completely. And yeah. I, I, you know, I could go a year and a half without being ill at all, other than you know, enforced illness. But um, suddenly, if I just get a bit tired or anything like that, I do get colds now and I do get... Yeah, it's just... Oh, by, it, going, going abroad in November, everyone says it's brilliant because you've got something to look forward to you coming for Christmas. I think it's the worst possible thing you could do. <laughs> Why? Because you come home and it's awful. Yeah, you come home and it's oh, awful, yeah, you, and you're you not back. used to it. Oh God! Like you're coming back from Burma. That must just be. That is just. It's like being dunked in a cold pool, isn't oh. it? It's, it's, that must be just an absolute shock. I don't feel sorry for you in any way, by the way. But it, it's, it's you know, you you eat, you, you have to ease into how awful this uh, this winter's been. Well, talking about dunk pools i just got a text from danny yeah danny bent like yesterday yeah because uh, he did tough guy last ever tough guy was yesterday I, I think we need to talk about tough guy actually. yeah no we need to talk about it but yeah go on go for it so i'm just going to quickly find it so danny's done it before and danny's in reasonable shape i don't think he's in his top shape but i think you know the good thing is danny's just fit naturally anyway yeah. so i'd asked him how it was and he first said, putting my head under the water left me delirious or wanting to vom. Then he said, the water dunk made me puke in my mouth and I had to run like someone who'd had 10 pints. At that point, the fam fun was absolutely over. Got given a hot chocolate afterwards and threw it over the lady because I was shaking so hard. <laughs> I mean, that's that's hardcore. That and this is Danny, who's he's, he's, he's done the Special Forces stuff in the... Uh, in the sea getting unbelievably cold he's he's done tough guy before so imagine if you're not as quick as danny and you're at the back queuing so okay so i didn't i don't know anything about um uh tough guy uh and why it's the last one and everything so so there have been mixed and, and when i say mixed i mean like completely polar opposite um opinions as to as to what happened at the weekend 
Some people saying, yeah. you know, it was amazing, the last thing, you know, thing like, and some people saying it's the fucking worst thing that I've ever been to. It's worse than Edinburgh. Um, so, it's just, just so, from the Dubana community. Yeah, just in the Dubanas, yeah. So, so it, what I understand is that Tough Guy was the, was the original, mm. the original OCR before um, <clears throat> other people, you know, I'm not going to say steal, um, other people <laughs> <laughs> borrowed the model and, yeah. uh, and t- took it more global, uh, more successfully. Yeah. Um, and so, and so they've been doing it. How many years? How many years has it been running? I guess thirty-three. So that's, that's a long in OCR terms. That is a you know, if that's the old, old yeah, you know, OCR really has only been big for, for three, four years. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. that's, that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. So, so yeah. why, why, why is it the last year? Why is it? Because the other thing, there seems to be a lot of OCR races uh, closing down. Aren't there a lot of stopping them? That's just from... huge number. Yeah. So go on. What's happening? What's happening? Keep. Well, actually, the thing is about Tough Guy is that the guy who's in charge of it is one of the most eccentric people. Like, just batshit crazy. It's worth doing one Tough Guy just to see the emails you get sent or to get the literature through the post. It's like a, a lunatic asylum. <laughs> Someone has just scrawling random shit all over a page, and you get that. And somewhere in here is my instructions, and that that sounds a little bit that that sounds like it's an exaggeration. But you, if you see some of the, and and maybe it's been sorted out recently. Maybe he's got someone in, but you'd see this page, and you go, I've just, I just want to know what time it starts, <laughs> and all I can see is this donkey sanctuary stuff, and he's talking. And in fact, if you want a classic example, look at the pitch for. The Richard Branson Virgin is it pitched in it to win it or? Oh yeah, rich? yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. So Billy, the founder of Tough Guy, he goes on there and gives this pitch in his full military gear about building OCRs in every help children. Yeah. And he <laughs> just goes off on one. There's no train of thought. I don't know at any point if he's trying to move towards a conclusion or trying to actually and uh, or, or actually you know establish reasons behind it never talks about money never talks about business plan and not a single thing and everyone watching it's just left stunned because there's, there's not even enough to grasp to then ask a question about it was and so um tough guy tough guy is amazing uh, it's just incredible and the the course was I did it about ten years ago, the first ACR I did, I think. And it was just incredibly hard. Yeah. Because because of the what was brilliant about it, it was to finish it you had to be tough. And it was the type of tough that I think counts, which is mentally tough. So you could have someone who's an absolute beefcake or someone unbelievably fit won't get through it because it's too cold. Like you, and the the really hard part is that you're. It's it's the end of January, and a lot of the time it's frozen over. So you, my my legs have still got scars on them just from wading through water. There's so much ice cutting into it, but your core temperature drops. Quite windy, quite often, and then you have to dunk your head underwater three times in a row. And if you've never done that in sub uh, sub zero cold water when your core's already gone, it's it's like nothing ever. I'd, I'd rather sit in the same water up to my neck for ten minutes than duck my head under once. It's that bad. Really? And 
So and when I when I did it, I I mean I was, I was dressed as Supergirl, so it's not like I had a lot of clothes. But I, I don't get. I think in a race like that, it, it doesn't matter that much if you're moving. It it, it would certainly help if you've got some neoprene and things. But the I went under once and and came up re- really struggling to breathe. I then did a second time, and my eyes started flashing. And then like the third time when I came out, um, my vision had gone down to a small tunnel. I couldn't breathe properly and it was only when I then had to swim out and look to my right and saw the people in their blankets absolutely convulsing with with shivers that I decided I had to just leg it and sprint as fast as I could for as long as I could until it warmed up and so it meant that you could have someone who's um, you know just because it wasn't heavily technical it is a bit more technical now but you don't need to be able to do incredible feats down a climbing wall you can turn up, these obstacles are big, but you can do it as someone who's just clambering. Yeah. And then you'd, you'd get, it's so tough because of the cold, but you could have someone who was just a little tough cookie, female, small, in her 60s, and she's just badass, and she'd get through it because she's mentally tough. And that's why it was so good. Right. But Billy being as mad as a coot, um, I think... Well, you always hear different stories because I know some people, I know very good friends of his, you know, James, James Appleton, who I was just thinking today, actually, she got on the podcast to talk about photography, but he, he won it five times in a row. John's won it. I think John won it this year. John Alvin won it again uh, for the second or third time. Connor's won it. And so a lot of these people are close to him and uh, you just hear completely different stories depending on the mood of Billy. But from what I've heard... They haven't been investing in the actual property that much. Oh, right, okay. So while other um, like obstacle course races, uh, you know, the quality of them is increasing. Yeah. Other ones are, are just sort of standing still. Tough Guy certainly plateaued, and the numbers went down massively. Tough Guy used to be massive, but then there, there are so many options, and I think it's the type of race... It's a bit like Nuts Challenge, actually, like Nuts Forlack. It's a type of race that attracts you to do it once. Yeah. And then when you've ticked that box, as, as Danny said there, you know, there was a point and it's, just, it's not fun anymore. And you do tough guy for the challenge. Once you've ticked that box, why do you need to do it again? Right. Whereas you do something like Judgment Day or The Dirty Weekend and you do it once and you, you love every minute of it and you're buzzing the whole way around and it's fun. You know next year, even if it's the same, it's going to be great, but it's probably better because they change it every year and so the, the numbers were certainly down and he's he's made his money he settled with tough guy that's a tough mother yeah for quite a lot of money um i guessing probably about 1.5 million probably 750 to 1.5 million is what i guess uh, he's now in his 80s so i think he didn't really have anyone to pass it on to that necessarily wanted it. I, he probably was looking for a buyer and couldn't find one because you just wouldn't be able to buy it off him. You wouldn't be able to get a contract that would make any sense. And because I think it was, he was seeing as himself coming to his time, he's not spent all that money reinvesting on all the obstacles. They're getting old. And so to actually keep it going, you'd have to invest a lot of money, which then mean you wouldn't actually make money for a while. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, that's, so it was the last one. Supposedly. Oh, that old chestnut. Full scarcity. Well, it was massive this year. I don't think it was the biggest it's ever been, but 
over five thousand people went. Well, that, that must mean something. If you know, if it has been going like, if it hasn't been as popular, and then it manages to attract that many people for its final one, because people obviously, well, it must have meant yeah, it must mean something. I mean, it's a brand. It's it's like doing Boston Marathon. It's it is the oldest. It is the original. People come over from all around the world to do it. And in fact, my friend Joel flew over from the states because it was his last chance to do it. And by having the last one. It's one of those things that you think, oh, I should do it, I could do it. Or you think, I'll go back at some point. But when you know it's the last ever one, you think, yeah, come on, let's let's go. It's going to be special. It's, they're going to get out of a bang. Um, but I I suspect it's probably going to be sold to someone like Tough Viking in Germany, who were very similar model, or even one of the organisers over here, slightly revamped, slightly changed, and then it will be the last tough guy but there'll now be a new race over that course. Um, if Edinburgh said this is going to be our last <laughs> Edinburgh marathon, would you? Would you? Because oh, that would be a cause for celebration. It would be. Well, I, I almost, I feel I'd have to just go to the finish line and just shake the hand of everyone. Well, in fact, not shake their hand. They they probably want to shake our hands for making this happen. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. It's okay. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. If there was the last Edinburgh, I'd, I'd have to go. Absolutely, it would be a great day, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be a great day. They'd make it extra special. You'd have to walk two miles from the finish. Yeah, to, yeah. to get back into the town, or they, they wouldn't even. They wouldn't even say there's water. There'd be no water. <laughs> there would be the no start. pressure. Water. Actually, if you were even seen with water, it'd be confiscated. <laughs> to bring your own water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, there's been quite a lot going on though this week. It seems to be quite a busy week because um, Ron Hill has just lost his run streak. Did what? you see about this? Uh, what? What? How long has he been doing it for? He's been. It says here 52 years and 39 days every day. What? That's amazing. That, I mean, can, it's, well, I'm sorry. We live in a Jungian society now. Can he prove it? Can I see the cadence true. data? Can I see the cadence data? That is true. <laughs> well, I think you've got to give it what's, to him. What's Ron Hill ever done for running? <laughs> <laughs> There's stories of when he was in hospital at times with drips attached. He'd actually, um, on his crutches, do a lap of the hospital to count as his run. So he's, that's how close he's been to not completing it. So he must be really ill to not have done something. Yeah. Or maybe he's just got a sore throat and he knows, you know. Maybe ankle in injury. The, the neck. Ankle injury. Yeah, ankle. So, that, that'll take him out. Did you, um, do you know what? The other day I was looking, uh, I can't remember what I was looking for, but I found that um, Hitler finds out about David's ankle injury, which I don't think I ever <laughs> told you I did. No, he didn't. I spent ages doing that, and then I totally forgot that I'd done it. Did you watch it? Yeah, only only this week. (laughs) Because the thing is, it doesn't make if you if you haven't listened to like the first ten episodes, it makes no sense at all because you (laughs) don't understand it. Well, probably all our references have changed, haven't they? (laughs) Exactly. All our jokes. Yeah, exactly. All the all the jokes about uh, Tinder and stuff like that. None of them doesn't make any sense. But we we've changed as a as a couple. We have, well, I've changed this in well, my yeah, yeah, exactly. and with your couple, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I'll get, no, it was good though, it's worth, it's worth watching. You did post it in the group, didn't you? Yeah, I did, I did, yeah, it was just funny. I think, um, I think Lee, uh, did, did another one, actually, which I thought it was pretty funny. I can't remember what that one was about, though. 
It was about the um, doing the Berlin Brewdog uh, Brewdog run. Berlin Brewdog run. Yeah. Oh, let me find it. Wait a minute. It, it was funny. Is there a Brewdog in Berlin? There's a Brewdog in Berlin. Is there? <laughs> yes. Oh wow. There's just one Brewdog in Berlin. Yeah, just one Brewdog in Berlin. So you just you just do laps around the around the building, do you? Yeah, you could do all sorts of hilarious things in Berlin, couldn't you? That I'm sure the locals wouldn't would find completely <laughs> hilarious. Probably the one thing you couldn't do in Berlin is a Hitler video. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you're not too many of them have seen that. Now, talking about runners who've been cheated by the changing of the distances. Oh, go on. Um, you're, in fact, we've, we've discovered that there is a female version of you and she's in the park run. And so she's in the podcast. What? It's a female version of me? Yes. Jodie, her name is, obviously. Her name is Jodie Reynolds. Right. That's pretty close, you've got to admit. Um, how's Jodie spelled? Um, the proper way. J-O-D-I-E. Right, the girl's way. The girl's way. I'm, as, as, I'm, all, I'm, as all us boy Jodies agree, it's the girl's way. 100%, I believe, given that you're the only one that has ever existed. But she, she, um, she ran Manchester and right. got 358 uh, in the marathon, which is pretty awesome to have uh, crept in by a minute a bit. So when they then decided they, the course was the wrong distance, she's now been changed to four hours and 17 seconds. Oh, no! Oh, that is... That is oh, that is fucking brutal. Ridiculous. I think they... Sh- I mean, oh, why, my goodness. why are they doing that? I can understand if it's national records, but in reality... You run a marathon, you never run the right distance anyway. Yeah. You always no. run at least well, 0.2 of a mile. Not if, not if it's or if it's a half marathon or whatever organised in the glass. Not if it's yeah. the suffering marathon. <laughs> <laughs> you run 82 miles. But um, she would have run 26. All these runners would have definitely run 26.2 yeah, miles. Yeah, absolutely. They'll say that on their, uh, on their Garmin or, or whatever. They would have definitely have done the distance. Yeah, they'd have definitely have done it. They'd have paced to it. They'd have paced via the markings. I mean, the, the question is, at what point was, it, was the marking out? Whether it just came early or whether all the way through, is it? But it's it's just, I mean, just, I don't know about Jodie's second scientist, but a lot of people who do marathons, it's their one-time six-month project. Yeah. And to take that away from them, ridiculous. So, yeah, oh, I... Just- I you, the, oh, do you know what the fury of like going? If I if I tried that hard to go under four hours, and then someone to come along and take it from you, I just I just I wouldn't know what to do. I'd cry. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I probably need something like that to happen to me to, to motivate me to actually <laughs> go for a run. <laughs> yeah. like better get in shape. Again. Oh, I tell you what, this is brilliant. We've the the five k to couch program is working a treat. <laughs> In how many weeks? <laughs> uh, we could do it. I think we could do it at least three weeks or whatever. You know, it's a it's a three week program, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what distance it is. It'd be a hundred k to to the couch. What we what we really want to do is we should launch a a new podcast series on on iTunes and just make it very very short series, four episodes, five episodes, something like that. Um, for like Iron Man's account and do a serious thing of how you can just good excuses to give for not going out um, <laughs> going out cycling good excuses to, to, to not go for a run is, um, it, is it to couch or to keg though well no but no alright you say this 
Did you see this absolute abomination that I found? I, I posted in the group. Erdinger, athlete of the year. And when they say athlete, they actually mean triathlete. Okay. I, mean, I know the athlete in triathlete doesn't actually mean athlete. It means cheating fucker. But yeah, Erdinger, athlete of the year. Erdinger, alcohol fry athlete of the year. Ah, is that German for free? Alcohol free athlete of the year, and it's and it's all it's all triathletes. Does that mean you get free alcohol for the year? No, it doesn't mean. It means you get free non-alcohol. Ah, and it goes although the refreshing isotonic recovery drink. They're trying to justify like drinking alcohol as saying it's an isotonic drink. Oh, I'm sure it has isotonic qualities and stuff like that. The fundamental fact is, that's a joke. Although, if I had free uh, non-alcoholic beer for the year, that would be epic to just sit in the office and drink <laughs> six pints of beer a day. But not, don't tell anyone it's alcohol-free. <laughs> don't tell anyone, yeah. <laughs> you just come back from the fridge. <laughs> All the way through. That's going to be a challenge for Josh Stevens. Josh Stevens. Josh Stevens. <laughs> How many have we got left on the 12? I he's think got he's 12 it's, beers. It's got to just go into work and just take a hot... Yeah, don't let anyone know that they're alcohol-free and just drink all of them at work. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's got to be in a pint glass. See, no one sees the bottles. You pour them in. And then go out and get in a car and just drive it off or something. <laughs> <laughs> but when, but when I, if anyone mentions anything, you just got to say, just taking the edge off. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I think all do banners should do this this week. <laughs> it's the new do banner challenge. Oh, we haven't talked about your challenge. Oh yeah, about that. <laughs> so we said at the, at the last podcast we um, we were talking about what, what, what were we talking? What was it in relation to? I can't even remember what it was in relation to. Oh yeah, because you were thinking of ways to motivate yourself back to exercise, and you were going to do an app which was a yeah. hundred press ups or uh, forty. Was it 40 press-ups? I don't know, 100 press-ups, was it? 100, 100 press-ups press in one go. That's it. Or it's 200 sit-ups or 50 pull-ups, I think. Yeah. And so we're talking about this, and one of the things that um, uh, I mentioned was that there was a 1,000 press-up challenge. And so you decided to do it. Yeah. Easy, <laughs> and easy. You, and you did a video. How did it go? I remember... <laughs> Most part of my life when I phoned you during the day, and halfway through a conversation, you went, just wait a second. I'm just going to do ten. <laughs> well, my my plan you was, and, and actually, we, you stuck to it so rigidly. I, I had you have to though, because as soon as you get behind, I thought you were taking the piss from the smoothie. I thought you. Go, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go and knock out ten breaths up. Yeah. Oh, you really are just doing ten. <laughs> actually, I failed because of Lee Stewart. Why? Because I had a conference call with him. I got distracted. And then I came back and I was an hour behind. So the plan was a thousand push-ups in a day. And we'd actually got it wrong, hadn't we? We, we discovered afterwards that we'll talk at the end. Oh, no, no, it just had, about... to be a, it had to be a thousand push-ups as quickly as you could. So I didn't know that. I just thought it was the day. So Well, yeah, but what... I think, you know, in a day is... Yeah, I mean, a day's a good amount of time still for a thousand, I'd say. So the plan was to do one every ten, uh, ten every six minutes. And that way, within ten hours, I'd have banged them out and... That seemed reasonable. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to achieve anything where every six minutes you have to stop and completely do something different. Every time I run. <laughs> yeah. 
it's called an ultra marathon. Is that why you're pacing? You just mark every mile. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's it. When that's... I, it was when I next walk. We're a mile in, guys. <laughs> but the yeah, I I couldn't do anything. I like the way you Be- said you like, you think I can run six minute miles. That's very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so actually, I don't think I can run them at the moment. But we uh, yeah, I I I was trying to just I was working from home, but I was trying to get things done during the day, and. Partly because of age, and partly I think this human nature, it takes me a while to to get in any kind of zone or any thought process when you're even sending an email. So you then go and do your press ups, and that takes you, let's say, thirty seconds. It doesn't take that long, but let's say it does, because then you come back, and then you've got to remember what you were doing, and so you get nothing done all day. But I stuck with it, and I thought, no, let's do this. And by about a hundred and fifty. It was already hurting. In fact, I was already struggling to do 10. And I could only do 10 if, do you know when you just do it as fast as you can? Oh, yeah. When it's like no form. It's mainly your, your bum wiggling. Type yeah, it's like, like <laughs> <laughs> that'll do. No one saw me. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, then the lactic acid suddenly kicks in at the end. And like, ah! So I could only do 10 if I smashed them out as quickly as I could before that lactic kicked in. So... I was I was sticking with it, and I got to five hundred. I was over five hundred. Um, that's good. That's good. How, how long did it take you to get to five hundred? Five hours. Okay. Because yeah, I mean, I was, I was I was sticking rigidly to it. Then I had this conference call, and it took longer than I thought because we were talking about our plans to do the Chanathlon. Uh, you know, the one with <laughs> sorbing over swimming. Over. <laughs> <laughs> You know, important work, important work to, to interrupt. <laughs> but then I came off the back of that and I was about 40 minutes. So I was 70 press ups behind. And I didn't have any food in the flat as well. Right. So I then had to go out and get some food. And I was around at Claire's. So down in Brixton, I did some in the middle of the Brixton Square where all the homeless people <laughs> take their drugs and drink. That was quite interesting. I then did some in the um, supermarket, but I still didn't do it every six minutes, I think, because I, was, I, I wasn't quite tracking the time. I was getting distracted and by buying stuff. So I came back and I was an hour behind. And I thought, well, I'll have some food, had a bit of food and then catch up. And then once I had the food, I kind of had a little bit of a nap and then I had some ice cream. And, uh, and that was it. That was the end of it. Just, <laughs> just do with ice cream. Yeah, I just thought, well, it kind of hurts now, and I'm I'm not gonna. I'm at the only way because I was going to get out of Claire's mates that night. So the, I thought the only way I'm going to do this is if until now eleven o'clock at night, I'm doing press ups every t- every six minutes. I don't particularly want to go out with her friends drinking, where I'm doing it for the whole night every six minutes. And it's not just the fact that. I'd be weird doing that and look like a dick. It's the fact that even by then, my push-ups... I mean, my push-ups, when I'm fresh, are shameful. Yeah, what was... what was the, So how many did you do in total? Five... No, oh, I can't remember now. 544? So the 544th press-up, what did that look like? Well, that was all right, because that, that was about seven in before I then got my lunch. Um, but it was... It, it just look they 
I don't look particularly impressive. So I thought <laughs> it's 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 not just the fact that I'd have to be looking weird and a bit of a dick in front of her friends who I hadn't met before. They're her football mates, but also that I'd be looking like a complete pussy every six minutes as well. Uh, no, I just thought fuck it. So got to five hundred forty-four. That's all right. I was happy enough with that. That's good. It's better than I thought I'd get, actually. I thought I'd get to about 20. And well, then... well, that's the thing, isn't it? That the whole point of it was that you go further than... If I'd have said to you, I'll do 544 press-ups, you'd have gone, oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But, but yeah. you did 544 press-ups. But the, the one you showed went... Because it was from... Was it Navy Seal Fit? Yeah. Because, yeah, because the, I got that wrong about the 21-minute um, plank. Because I said, oh, yeah, you can break the plank up, but you can't break the plank up. It is a 21-minute plank. But it's not a, like a strict plank. Yeah. It was like a press-up type plank. So you could move around and do all that other stuff. So it's just... That's still pretty hard, though. Oh, yeah, no, that is really hard. But not yeah. as hard as doing a, a sort of a strict plank. But the, the press-ups that they were suggesting, rather than... We, we just interpreted it knowing how many they'd done and, and thought it was in a day. But actually, it was in... It was as fast as you could go. Where they do was it two press ups, one pause? No, 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 no. It was his his um his method, as we found was um, yeah. five press ups and as a, a rest three breaths. So how long <laughs> taking forty minutes? Thirty nine minutes. Thirty nine minutes. <laughs> five oh press ups and then a rest of three breaths. See, that's his strategy. I wouldn't have been able to do that. I'd have got to a point where I couldn't do five press ups. But to do a thousand press ups in thirty nine minutes, that is. That is incredible. But, but the, what's the world record? The world record's something insane because James, who was on Ultimate Hell Week, he has he's had two attempts at it. I think it might be around seventeen hundred in an hour. Oh really? Yeah, because it's it's against time the number of press ups for the world record. It's either a ninety minute period or a sixty minute period, I think. This book of records lists the most push ups in one hour as two thousand two hundred and twenty by Carlton Williams from Wales. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so he's over twice as quick as the Navy SEAL guy. Yeah. I guess he's not. He's got an hour. So, well, he's he's 50% quicker and he's doing it for... He bro- right, so, no, he, it was, it, the, he broke his own record. And his own record, previous to that, was 1,874 press-ups. Wow. So, so he's like smashed it like 300, smashed it. yeah. So I guess once you're that fit at just that one thing, yeah, that's it. His legs are like two pieces of string. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's actually, he doesn't have any legs. <laughs> he's got them removed just to make it a little bit easier. <laughs> just, he has the lightest head on the planet. He's just really, he's had his head shrunk. He's got like no back muscles at all. He's, he's, all, he's, just, he's just got triceps, triceps and pecs. It's just a, a set of triceps and pecs with eyes. <laughs> but that brings us on, actually. Ultimate Hell Week's back. Whoa! Oh, have you so have you watched any of it? I've not watched it yet. First episode was yesterday. Was it? And what was it like? Did it? Did the memories come flooding back? Because you got you were getting all nostalgic with Danny. Yeah, you were, it was like you they were feeling all back. you were all like misty eyed and what a you because know, you as a little group you're all really sort of tight, aren't you? So do you yeah. do you miss it? Do you wish you were in there? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and like the I mean, it because Sarah's in it, who we're going to get on the podcast, I think, and she's she's a badass ultra runner, surfer. We mentioned her a little bit with Danny, but she did well. She she came fourth in the run, first female in the run. The oh, yeah. run with 
backpack, which was, I think, 12 kilograms, and then 17 kilogram cinder block. So that's pretty hard. That's quite heavy. That is heavy. To, yeah. And the, but what was interesting is they, they're in South Africa, so they've got the heat. Oh, so it's a bit warmer than where you were. Where were you? Where were you? Wales. We were in lovely Wales. Fucking hell, that's a little bit different. But it's warmer, but it's the other way. Theirs was 29 degrees, 30 uh, degrees. But then again, What about the sea? Do they, do they have to go into the sea? Because that, that sea bit was a killer, wasn't it? They will do at some point, right. but it won't be the same because the temperature of the water will be fine there. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But uh, the, the fact it's 29 degrees, I assume most people would have taken a heat chamber because that's what, that's what most people... Well, I just, that's just the obvious thing to do. But the second guy to go was a uh, semi-professional Ironman athlete. He went in 17 minutes. That's insane. Now, having said that, so I sat watching with Claire, and one guy, one poor bloke went who, he, he said, well, you've got no idea if he was good or not, but he talked himself well. You know, yeah. he talked a good game. He pulled his hamstring, jumps, and they're in a lorry being driven to supposedly their base, and of course they get dragged out of the lorry, which you'd expect as well, I think. Um, especially if you've seen the first series. He, uh, being slightly older, I think he was 48, he gets pulled out of the lorry, instantly does his hamstring because he's cold and they have to start sprinting. Oh, really? Yeah, so he's out after 12 minutes. But having said that, they then showed them and they were just standing to attention and a few of them were out of breath. And I just said to Claire, look, there's no way... They've been there for like three minutes. <laughs> like, look, look how much mud is on Sarah's face. Look how ruined they all look. Like, they have been beasted solidly. And they're just going, they've just, <laughs> and they, they, I mean, they're making them look pretty crap because of that. But it was, it was a good episode. It was interesting. And it was, it was nice to see because you, you always wonder how, how would I have placed how hard was that compared to ours? And you just don't know. You never will. Um, well, it definitely wasn't the Walesiest special forces ever. No, it was. And the and I think as well, watching it, if you're the public, you would have forgotten that on our show, a lot of people went really early, and there were some people who, who didn't come across that well, who came across as they just jumped out of the bus, <laughs> yeah. gone straight home. Yeah. And the, You've probably forgotten that, and you remember Danny, you remember Steve, you remember Doran, Claire, and and so when you then watch this one, you think, oh my god, everyone is useless, and of course they're not. You know, there's a there's a few people in there. In fact, the the two people that went at the end, um, Claire and I picked them out within about ten seconds. And went, yeah, that dude, and yeah, that dude, and you could just tell they either they were they were there partly because of their backstory rather than their abilities, but they also had that attitude of um i'm a bit of a badass i'm a bit of a, a wide boy um but there's a you know, hollowness no actual um mental toughness behind it but yeah you can watch it yeah yeah i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it it was good it was good last time it was just <laughs> the way it was edited i wonder if they're gonna do a similar hatchet job on someone some you know someone who's like really popular and you know probably the group and make him out to be an absolute fucking weakling yeah i mean Bloody good editing, that's what I say, you know. I just keep remembering when you had to get into that, like, fucking, what's it called? They had to carry you and you were lying in that. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Just how pathetic they made you look. Like, you, 
Yeah, and I'm just there. I had to do it because <laughs> do it they said I had to do it. And, you know, it was completely unrelated to the reason. I forgot about that. Yeah, completely unrelated. <laughs> it was because we were winning by so much, and then yeah, that was it. That and was then it. someone put 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 it down. Someone in the team, yeah, and so they then tried to move it up. And they're like, oh, it's because oh, anyway. But uh, Reggie Yates is presenting it. Oh, they got rid of um, professional international athlete Freddie yeah. Flintoff. Yeah, um, and he's he's what the fuck he's already. Yates? What? Sagan? Richard Yates? What the fuck has he done? He we well, used to be on t- children's TV. Then he <laughs> he might have pre- 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 uh, presented something like The Voice, or but he he does a lot of BBC Three documentaries where he'll travel. Do have to... documentaries on BBC Three. Oh yeah, Stacey Dooley investigates. <laughs> <laughs> now she she's. Uh... <laughs> she's pretty bad you know when something just someone isn't quite intelligent enough oh, to ask God, the, yeah. the next question they need to yeah. and you think letting them get get away with this they're getting off lightly here ask that question do you not realise the implication of what they just said um, but R- Reggie's really good he's doing one at the moment which is in Australia where he's talking to drug addicts and kind of the others were. but he did a great one we went to Russia and was examining homophobia in the far right and the you know the nationalism in Russia, so he's he's kind of a BBC version of Louis Theroux, right? Yeah, and so he comes across really well already. Oh, does he? How is he? Yeah, not a yeah, patron- not a patronising prick behind your back. No, well, he, the thing is, he because I, I actually used to live next door to him to Reggie. He is a genuinely nice guy. Um, he's certainly not a do batter. He's never smoked. He's never drunk. He's never taken any drugs. Which is crazy. He's not even had one drink in his life. Uh, but he's genuinely nice guy. Sometimes he'd walk down the street and he'd be sweeping outside the communal exit for this uh, kind of gated community that's next door to my house. And he'd be sweeping at the front of it and you think, oh, fair play. But yeah, he comes across well and I think it will make it a better show as well. But we'll, we'll speak to Sarah and I think it's probably worth waiting a couple of episodes so we get to know the characters first. Yeah, Absolutely. Before we then ask, get her on, so we can actually grill her about what really happened and who the people are. And yeah, yeah, that's it. No, absolutely. So, um, have they got the same um, like trainers? The same or totally different? They've got the the Australian guys back, but the rest are completely different. Right. And I was what I was saying to Claire is when they were saying which countries they are, my whole opinion of how hard that was was completely based on my racial stereotype of that country. <laughs> <laughs> So they were like, the South African, I was like, oh, God, that's going to be tough. They're like, the Polish, I'm like, oh, man, they're going to be beepheads. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got some good, I can't remember them all. They've got the South Korean one, which I think could be interesting. Uh, they've got Polish, South African, Australian. can't remember the rest. Oh, they've got the Green Beret. Vat- Vatican. Vatican. <laughs> got the, Swi- the Swiss Guard. The Swiss Guard are supposed to, are supposed to be like really hard and stuff. But you never hear about them doing anything like this. I want them to prove themselves with their funny, floppy, coloured hats. So the Swiss Guard, the ones, yeah, they yeah, guard they the protect, basket, yeah. They? yeah, of course they. Are do. they anything they... to do with Switzerland, or is that? Uh, no, they are because, no, of course, that yeah, they well, they have to um, uh, keep the Nazi gold hidden, don't they? That's true. Yeah, and also uh, protect the paedophile ring. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the paedophile ring. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, that's how you know when they're burning all their those papers to get rid of the evidence. <laughs> is when the new pope. That's when they burn all the papers and the smoke comes out. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. So, um, and I, I, they've got their green berets, and I assume there must be um, SAS again. Maybe not, but SAS or SBS. Oh, they should do. They that would be good actually. They did SBS. Yeah, that'd have been real just to spice it up a little bit. But yeah, we'll we'll get Sarah on in probably two or three weeks. Yeah, and, that'd be great. Uh, but I, I'd imagine yeah. we'll be talking about it each week from now on, just because I love it. But talking about talking about hard men um, uh, represented, and actually we should have talked about this earlier. When we were talking about tough guy. Saw um, Gary Bushell took on tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you Gary, don't Gary Bushell. Bushell. Gary, <laughs> so, uh, Mike Bushell, the famous, the famous Bushell. Did he actually do it, or was he just reporting? I don't. Did he even do the same thing? Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't actually watch the video. I just saw it. It's the end of an era. What is he like, actually? Is he is he fun? Is he a nice guy? I mean, he was, he's not funny. Like, you know you know when I said that um, basically men's running used me as the gimp that went and did a load of races and, um, and basically yeah. act like Carl Pilkington and it would yeah. be funny. That's what, B, that's what basically what BBC Breakfast News used him for. Let's get Mike, <laughs> let's get Mike out doing a sport and making himself look like an absolute penis. And it, so, makes, and it makes for amusing television. So you're, you're putting yourself as your peers. You're giving yourself peers of Gary Bushell and Carl Pilkinson. <laughs> Mike Bushell. <laughs> Mike Bushell. <laughs> Gary Pilkinson. <laughs> so what does that say about you, Janie? I was a ser- I was a serious journalist. I was a serious running journalist, like Gary Bushel, like, like Mike, Mike, like Mike Bushel, yeah, like Carl Pilkington. Did you ever watch the episode of um, oh when Carl Pilkington went um, running with the Mexicans? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Was that it was, Idiot Broad? Yeah, it was Idiot Broad. No, I oh, I've seen quite a few of them, but not all of them because I I didn't have Sky for quite a long time. Um. I'll, I'll check it out. What happens? Oh, it's true. I don't. I can't really remember what happened too much. It just—it was hilarious because he just—he refused to like do any running because he was just like they haven't got anything on their feet. But <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> well, just—he's—he's he's brilliant. I just love his comments. Like, if if uh, humans weren't around when the dinosaurs ign- exist existed, how come they've all got names then? <laughs> <laughs> and you think about logic and you're thinking there, there is a logic there <laughs> brilliant genius in fact I mean, that is the best podcast in the world what is Ricky Gervais podcast yeah the thing is it's not really much of a podcast is it because you have to pay for it do you yeah no so you've got the episodes that you pay for and the pod- the rest of the actual Ricky Gervais podcast is um, basically a load of advertising for the stuff that you can pay for it's still funny. It, that's the thing. It, even like the like the short snippets are funnier than most other comedy podcasts. Well, they must have changed it because it it used to be all free. The XFM ones. Oh, I'm not talking about the XFM ones. So he's done different ones, has he? Yeah, he's got his own podcast. Yeah, and he used to just be filled with. There were some conversations and stuff, but he just used to use it to promote his other stuff. Yeah. No. Well, the the original ones, which were based on XFM, I mean, they're and they're I think the same. Audio was used for the HBO series where they drew the cartoons. I don't think they recorded them again with the Monkey News and oh yeah 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 oh 
was that the Mickey Jim? Oh yeah, I suppose it would be, wouldn't it? And I, I do think those podcasts are the funniest thing ever made. Not the funniest podcast, the funniest thing. Oh, hilarious. There is... I can't think of anything else where I've cried so much. No, no, no TV, no films. Do you know, but I think the thing that makes it is Stephen Merchant and those. Because he, Steve, yeah, it's he... just it's total incredulity at it. It's incredible. But also, Ricky, Ricky will sometimes close him down and try and, sh- and try and be like, "What the fuck are you on about? You fucking." Whereas uh, <laughs> you need Steven there to get to, to encourage him and coax it out, coax it out of him and say, "No, no, go on, go on, explain." No, 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 go, go, on, go on, tell me exactly how does that work, Carl? How does that work? No, no, go on, no, no, I want to hear it. No, no, Ricky, Ricky, leave him. I want to hear it. <laughs> So, if you haven't listened to the XFM Ricky Gervais podcast, Stephen Merchant podcast, get them. They are just incredible. And there's hour so upon hour of them. They're so consistently funny. All yeah. Of, basically, all of the stuff where they're just talking with Carl Pilgrim. I I, this is really interesting. It's amazing the stuff that you find it funny that you don't find funny anymore. So, um, I think I still would for that. No, no, you absolutely no, you would for that. Now, I've been, uh, we have, um, Within our group, within the uh, Do Better community, um, a, a, a Sir Ian Dark, aka Tom Dark, who has a—I was about to say award-winning, but I don't think he's won any awards—has a top ten, or as he used to say, you know, regularly number one podcast. Should um, we call him? Let's give him an award. Well, the award for. Um... <laughs> this is where your bitterness <laughs> and not being successful comes out. <laughs> He is. He has been. He deserves everything he gets. I think is. Um, well, let's think of this. The award for best alternative DVD commentary for Alan Partridge shows. It's uh, what I like. What I what, <laughs> what what I like. Apart from the fact he's is trading on someone else's IP, which um, I like that a lot. Where, where, yeah. I'm, I'm proud no, that. No things. I've listened. They are they are very funny, and the the stuff they talk about is brilliant. Spot on. So and there's loads of stuff you know you're going through the episode. So this is monkey tennis. Basically, what they what they do in this um, uh, podcast, and you should absolutely listen to it. It's brilliant. Is uh, they dissect everything about um, uh, Alan Partridge episodes, um, and they go into like minute detail. Um, and as they they say themselves on it, none, you, can, you can get all this off the internet. They're just re- rereading Wikipedia, <laughs> <laughs> but but it condenses it really well. And there's some really interesting facts and stuff about it. And then they 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 talk about. Um, but um, the thing is, I thought, oh, I'll go back and watch, go back and watch Alan Partridge. Yeah, I didn't find it funny at all, and I was really surprised by that. It's like, I don't, think, I don't think I'd find the chat show funny, but I think I'd find I'm Alan Partridge funny. Still. Yeah, I didn't find that at all. I didn't find I'm Alan Partridge funny at all. I, I was, I, I didn't laugh at it once. I don't know why I found the commentary of it funny when they're talking about it, and you're, it's like, it's weird, isn't it? It's like when you yeah. watch. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm. I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. But it's always funnier when you're talking about it to someone else than yeah. actually watching it. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I'm that's not a huge fan of Curb. Oh, you're I've, not? But I've not really tried that much. You know what? It, it stems from the fact I hate Seinfeld so much. Oh, really? I find Seinfeld so annoying and try-hard. And, and, and also... The stand-up is so horrifically bad at the start of it. It just sets me into a, a, the wrong frame of mind of, oh, God, this is so bad. You're 
observations are horrific. And then it comes on. Oh my God. Did you see about the bagels? Why were the bagels, man? There's no bagels. Who had the last big bow, bow, bow? I, I never really thought Seinfeld was funny at all. But you get getting told, oh, Seinfeld is like, you know, the, like, the best comedy series of all time. Like, sure it was like no. I, I i never found that funny at all it was different i think it was groundbreaking but that doesn't make make it good and the i think the difference between like larry sanders and uh curb and this is how i love the fact that we're doing this on our, on our running podcast <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're trying to expand like you know other podcasts <laughs> well, people, but, might, uh, people I, might listen to this people might listen to there's so many. There's so many podcasts out there dedicated to uh, ripping off other people's IP and um, trying to make themselves podcast stars out of it. Um, that uh, you know, it's worth it's worth highlighting and mentioning. Absolutely, but I think I think the huge difference is that with something like Alan Partridge or something like Father Ted, it's um, they're almost so Alan Partridge. He it's his downfall that you enjoy watching, and, the, and it, but it's also his pomposity. And the, the ludicrousness of his pomposity and the fact that it, that goes against him. Whereas something like Kirby Enthusiasm, I just think every situation I'd say, oh, sorry about that. I'm going to stop this now. And he doesn't. And it gets more awkward and it, and it gets more awkward and it builds and it builds and it builds. And at any point he could have just gone. But, it's no, but the thing with it's not him. It's never him. It's everyone else. It's you never. Or- it's. It's, it's, every, it's never every, him, but he he could he could nip it in the bud at any time. Do you remember the British Empire? Yes. See, a lot, a lot of people uh, listening to this podcast might not know the British Empire. It was that it was that was the most annoying TV comedy ever because it just stuff went wrong right from the start and just kept getting wrong and wrong and wrong, and that could have been nipped in the bud right away. Yeah, and whereas what's brilliant about Partridge is, well, you should listen to that. Uh, podcast the audiobook of i partridge it's amazing oh no it, that is good that's really good even when you read the book you read it in his voice yeah yeah <laughs> and it's it's all the asides and it's all the additional descriptions where i walked up to sue she said to me wow partridge you are a man's man with her eyes <laughs> it's, it's, it's always he's always imagining and that's why i love alan partridge and that's why i like monkey tennis is because they whenever i watch partridge i'm filling in a lot of the blanks i'm understanding what he's what he means by certain things and how everyone's reacting to him reacting to him and with monkey tennis they're also saying I always felt this. I always thought that. And you're like, yes, I was the same. You get yeah. it. I got it. That's why I was so good. And it's almost as if it's reconfirming your, it, it's like sharing in the joke with someone. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. That's it. So yeah, so go on. Add to the hundred billion fucking listeners. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Ian. There you go, Ian. <laughs> fuck you, Ian. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you and your, your merry team of legendary winning podcast ways so anyway where are we we um we haven't really got a theme for this week podcasters we were going to be interviewing lurie oh but, no, um, what we should right so this is what this is what we should talk about yeah seeing as we're an hour and 20 into the <laughs> podcast um very soon 
Um, uh, I mean, people that should be at some stage of training for spring marathons, things like that. What point of their training should they be at now? What do I think they should be at? Yeah, ah, where should okay. they be at now? Where should you know what 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 point should they be at the training? Everyone knows how you should start out your training. January the weather's been shit. Probably oh, yeah. a bit of a struggle after December. We're at the end of January now. You know, where should they be in their training? Well, if you're going for something like London, then it's a month earlier than something like Edinburgh. So I'm I'm assuming it's it's London. But actually, if you're a regular runner, your program might only be starting now. Because if you run a lot, you can do a 12-week, 14-week program. If you're training for a marathon for the first time or you don't do the kind of mileage, you don't, you, you never run more than 20 miles a week, then I think January is just about getting out every day um, or five days a week if that's what your plan says or four or six. It's about forming those habit habits. And uh, it's... It's, it's almost the hardest because you're so far from the finish and it's bloody cold, um, but hopefully you're still motivated. So first three weeks, you should really be building up your miles. You would, by the third week, get to probably a 16-mile run. And then the fourth week, you drop down and do a 10K race on the Sunday. So every four weeks, you, you reduce down. So if, you're, if you've run a huge amount already... Um, and you're nearly always constantly fit. Let's say a huge amount. What, what would you say a huge amount would be week to mileage? I'd say probably 40 miles a week. If you're someone that regularly does a long run and right. does already does a tempo session and an interval session and maybe one or two other runs a week, then you probably don't need to start doing any marathon-specific training until, until now. Um, so I'd, I'd say if people are starting to train it's about forming those habits now because the first week of marathon training i've always remembered thinking actually this is not too bad but unless you get into the habits of proper nutrition recovery drinks proper stretching by the time you get to week six to eight which is i think the hardest period because you build up the miles and to begin with, you're getting faster, you're getting fitter, you're doing longer distances, you're feeling great. And by the time you get to week six to ten, you're piling on the miles and your body does start to really tire. And so you actually quite often plateau and slump a little bit before your body gets the strength to then get past that slump and get faster. So um, start planning your long runs start planning schedules I'd, I'd always suggest trying to organize your hard runs with other people whether it's a club whether it's a friend get it in at a specific time in your calendar and your schedule organizing your commute so that you have to run a certain way just so that you're forcing yourself to, to run um, it could be that the faster runs you, you find them too fast and I'd say that's that's normal I've never gone into a training block for the London Marathon where I could run my interval sessions or tempo uh, was my interval sessions at the speed at which my program says I should. Ideally, if you're training for a marathon, you should have been doing lots of shorter speed work up to about 25, 30 miles a week so that you're coming in almost your fastest for a 5K, for a 10K. If that's the case, then your marathon plan should just, just take over from where you are. But 
99% of people don't do that. And so you'll actually find that your, your interval sessions, the pace they say you should run might not be achievable. Uh, but don't worry, it comes and you will be able to hit that pace by the end of the block. So basically, so you're saying that um, even if you haven't properly got into, into the training now and you've just been maintaining a regular running schedule, you're, you're still in an okay place? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Don't um, panic. Don't panic. And actually, you should never panic because no one gets to a marathon block without missing runs or something happening. Um, and so it, in terms of nutrition, where should they be then? So you mentioned nutrition there. Yeah, well, um, the the main things in nutrition are have a, a recovery drink or recovery food after your hard runs. So I'd put that as the long run on your Sunday, your interval session, your, which should probably be on a Tuesday if you're doing a Sunday marathon, your tempo run, which will probably be on a Thursday, and, and you want it on the Thursday because that's at the end of your week. So you're doing a tempo, which is running at half marathon pace or marathon pace and building up the miles you want to do that at the end of your week before your rest day on friday because then it's, it replicates running at the end of a marathon because you've done all that training throughout the week your legs are tired and you're still having to run at marathon pace and it means when you get to the marathon your body's used to that speed and it's yeah. used to doing it when it's tired so have your recovery drink you want it to be three to one four to one carbs to protein and um, we you know, Goodness Shakes, obviously, a good one. You can have something like a Cliff Bar. You could have a tuna sandwich. You could have chocolate milk. You could have sushi. Um, you could have a bagel with peanut butter on. The main thing is to have a 3 to 1, 4 to 1 uh, ratio, carbs to protein. You don't need to have a huge amount, actually, but you want to have it within 20 minutes of finishing. When you finish your run, um, your muscles are absorbing the nutrients at a far, a far higher rate than they will do after an hour. And so if you get that recovery drinking quickly, recovery food in quickly, it then means that you're um, going to be in a far better position to run hard the next day. Um, so I'd say that's the main thing on nutrition. You you want to get that people always push to be take your gels, take your blocks, take your drinks or on your long runs. Practice, 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 practice. And I'd say you want to make sure that your stomach can handle what you're going to race with. But actually, it's just as important to get used to not running with huge amounts of energy. If um, if, if I do my long runs, I'll take a gel as a or, or shot blocks just as a fallback in case I run out of energy. Yeah. But by running on your Sundays or your Wednesdays, your long runs, and you haven't got, you're not using gel the whole time. It just means that your body is um, getting used to burning the fat. So if you, the better you get at that, then the less, the less you're going to need to have to rely on your glycogen stores each hour, and so you're less likely to hit the wall. But yeah, I mean, what do you do for nutrition? Uh, Nutrition-wise, I... I really struggle with nutrition because I'm just mm. hungry all the time mm. after after running. I like I said, I've only ever success. I've never really successfully lost weight while running. I've had to lose weight either during a period of injury, yeah, where I can cut down calories enough because that's that's what I'm always battling with. So yeah. it's either 
do I do I keep keep running, which is you know good, but actually I will improve my time much. I increase the what's my improvement in time will happen much better if I've lost the weight. So so I don't yeah. know. I've never I've never successfully managed to run and lose weight. Um, and but I think it. people expect to lose weight, don't they? Yeah, oh, absolutely. You do this weird thing, don't you, of getting of the, your your body um, uh, taking weight in the wrong place. I struggle because I don't I don't take enough protein in any way. Yeah, um, and so I, Although, I I lose muscle, which is which I, I, that's bad. because I mean that I mean that's that's partly true if you're vegetarian. Yeah. But I think most meat eaters shouldn't struggle with protein. You, no. You'll get enough protein during your day. Um, typically, if you just have one good meal with meeting. Um, but what? But what we've what we've really missed out on is that if you, they, we're talking about a standard marathon training plan. If you're yeah. following the Rob Young uh, <laughs> <laughs> marathon training plan, you should have you should be you should have hit your peak at about like mid December, and now you're holding on, aren't you? Until in your, yeah. in your 52, yeah. week, 52 week marathon training plan that's right you've run a 22 mile run by now <laughs> <laughs> you've just got... you should be up a... no wait a minute shouldn't you be adding like two miles a week or something to your tempo run so you should be doing a tempo run of about 36 miles <laughs> yeah. a, week, a week before your marathon <laughs> actually it's, it's probably worth us talking about some some of the basic rules isn't it that that people over overlook um, so you mentioned the two mile adding on to your run. So there's the ten percent rule that people believe, um, which is which is true, especially if you're not a regular runner. And that is, d- don't add more than ten percent per week to your your training. I think you're going to do that for running the marathon anyway. You're yeah. going to do a little bit more each week, um, but don't go crazy on adding the miles. And the other rule is to not have your long runners more than a third of your overall weekly runs. So if you're not running, and, and, and that rule, that, that rule again, you're going to break that because you're going to run a 22-mile runner, 22 at some point, and you're not going to be necessarily doing 66 miles of training. Um, but certainly to start with, you only want to get up to about 16 miles after the first four-week block. Then you want to bring it 16, 18, 20, then down to a half-marathon block. Then you probably want to do 18, 20, 22 Another half marathon, twenty-two, then starts to taper. Right. Approximately, They're, they're all slightly different, but um, but the the thing to bear in mind is your your body will be tired. Get used to the feeling of your legs. Really think about how your legs feel. If they hurt, that's fine. If it's a sharp pain, though, that's not good. But as of all these things, make sure you do a one-mile warm-up to all your runs. And just see how your legs change. If they, if you keep on having a sharp pain, that's not good. You shouldn't, you shouldn't carry on training. If it's a dull thud, it will be tiredness. It will be knots, um, and you can hopefully run that off. Or if not, just run with it. Um, and the harder the runs are mentally in your training, the easier the marathon is. Say. But yeah, are there any other rules you've followed, or any other things you'd? Interestingly, actually, interestingly, that w- I was talking to um, Bruno at. Mm. Uh, th- this isn't a rule of follow. This is a rule I've misunderstood. Yeah. Um, for a long time, I was talking to Bruno um, when we did the um, uh, Brewdog uh, uh, bar race. Yeah. And um, he was talking about the um, the Maffetone method. I heard of that one. Well, it's it, it's all around um, uh, running to your heart rate. 
So, okay. uh, and it's something that you know you you see so often. It says you know run sixty percent of your heart rate and stuff like that. And it's about always training at your aerobic heart rate to improve your yeah. aerobic endurance. Yeah. Um, and and I never really understood it. I never really understood um, what that meant until um, I tried doing it. Because I always think, oh, well, if you try running to your yeah, what's it called, um, a percentage of your heart rate. I think my mine was like for me to be an aerobic level, it would be one hundred and forty two. Uh, beats per minute yeah and if you try running that and i'm sure there's lots of people who when they first you know try doing a marathon program or, or so running to that thing means that you're, you're pretty much walking like it's imp- it's so hard to keep your mm. heart rate below that unless you're like 18 years old or you're like or you're already incredibly fit and so the whole point is that you you maintain that level um you, you try and keep low it and but your your speed will eventually improve but it takes months and months and months. And of course, this is what, you know, Kenyan athletes, they do all the time. They're running at the, like a comfortable heart rate to so improve your... And actually, that's the big thing that I've always missed in mm. my in my um, marathon training and in my ultra training. I mean, when it comes to ultras, I'm, I'm pretty much walking most of it anyway. But um, mm. uh, I've never... And this is something that I've been doing because I've been basically training in the gym um, and I've been going on a treadmill. So it's really easy to monitor it. And yeah. uh, and I've been doing it now for uh, like a, a month, six weeks, and apart from my illness and stuff, which completely makes it go haywire. Yeah, I'm st- you know I'm starting to see like an improvement. My my, my speed is imp- improving. I'm going further. But the thing is, I'm still going incredibly slow. And it's like you mm. have to it's like you have to put your faith in it. And I'm wondering whether it's going to totally scupper my <laughs> marathon marathon training. By doing this, I know long term. Do, do you think it takes too long to get quick? Well, everything that I, I read about it is that it it does take ages. It takes mm. yeah, it takes months and months and months for your for your you know aerobic uh, to get to a level where you're you're running at a decent rate without breaking over that heart rate. Yeah, um, and you know, I'm, like I said, I, I've not read massive amounts of it. So this is only really going from the advice side from the, the Maffetone. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, if you want to, if you want to find out more about it, go and look at the um, like videos and stuff. I watched a few videos, and it's just it's it's nothing more really than there's a whole like thing about um, eating around it and stuff like that, which I haven't really bought into. All I've really focused on is just doing at the heart rate, and because I've ne- I just never really understood it, never did it properly before, yeah. and or never really persevered with it. So yeah, so I've I've been trying out this Maffetone method, and it seems to be working okay. So, but you know, it's it's one of those things that I remember when I first started like. R- training for a marathon and stuff i looked at him and six four oh, it's too slow i'll just run this however i feel mm. and um and you know i have i've never really built that that decent base of aerobic fitness yeah. um and so i'm working on that now i don't know if it's a bit too late but let's give it a bash anyway best thing about it is that it's like no effort whatsoever i'm like yeah <laughs> this is awesome this is like I, i'm barely running perfect oh this the trouble is if you Sun, you're not going to find out it's not working until pretty close that's to the time, it. Like. yeah that's it it's like the thing is you go onto the you go onto like the facebook group stuff and there's people who are fucking furious they've been doing it for like four months and they're like marathons coming up and they're furious because they they're not getting any faster and then there's like these sage like people going it will come you will improve put your faith in it the stress that you're having now is causing your heart rate to go up so leave the stress behind, like some sort of like patronizing Yoda. Yeah, and just like, and some people are like, oh, eventually it does work. Oh, it's amazing. You know, I'm so pleased that I did it. And there's people just like, I've got fucking like two weeks to go to my thing, and it hasn't worked. Oh god, the thing is, it 
I can't see how it can work that well if you're never if your muscles are well if if you're never pushing your body hard. It's weird. I don't know. I don't know. And that's the thing. I, 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 Bruno is like absolutely the, th- the thing is Bruno is a good runner anyway. He's yeah. a good runner who's found an you know has he just found a way to incrementally improve how good he is at running? Mm. Is it like me rocking up? at fucking Alberto Salazar's place and going, go on, make me a fucking star. You know, it's not going to... I shouldn't be looking at incremental improvements. I should be looking at just doing basic marathon training. But then if it if if it's easier and it gets better results, then... Oh, that's the promise. Sweet. That's the promise. Am I, am I, am I being tricked? There's a lot. Sounds like fool's gold, doesn't it, it? It does. Alternative facts. We're living in an age. It might even be fake news. You never know these days. Maybe Bruno's worried that you're you're going to beat him. Bro, I don't think Bruno. I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever worried that I'm going to beat him. <laughs> I, what I don't understand though is that I went to Waterstones the other day, and um, right in the running section, they had like like featured in the running. They had the Rob Young book. I'm like, how can you still be marketing it? Really? How can you still have that there, knowing? You should have you should have said something to them. They they wouldn't have known. Well, it didn't matter anyway. It got moved. Nice. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Where'd you put it? Poetry. Nice. No, I mean, I I don't feel bad at all about that one because I I just think it's actually potentially dangerous for them to read that book with the advice it's got at the end. But um, yeah. The I'm trying to think of some other mistakes that people people make um, when they're training because I I think one of them is. The, the fear that the long run that you're not going quick enough and I know a lot of people who are reasonable runners or good runners even who they do their Sunday runs very quickly oh really yeah yeah and you want to be going at least 45 seconds a mile slower than your marathon pace um at 45 seconds to a minute but quite often I'll do them quite a lot slower partly because I'm hungover but partly because I'm tired and and actually it's only really towards the end of your training that you need to start turning up the speed a little bit at, at the back on the back third of your long runs to get sharpness it's just about time on your feet and your body used to being out there for hour and after after hour after hour particularly the almost the slower you are it's going to take you such a long time that you're never going to be able to be doing a 22 mile run um regularly regularly compared to someone who's quicker because it just takes up too much time yeah so it's just it's just getting time on your feet and, and getting used to that that's, um, that's i mean that's particularly true isn't it um mm. when it's your first marathon or if you haven't gone up to those d- marathon distance before mm. um it's just when you oh i just keep remembering the like the long runs i had to do for the mds Mm. And just how bored I was by it at the end. I didn't. I never found MDS that bad because by the time I got there, I was so used to long runs, so used to doing math and training every week anyway. And and what I do is, it's maybe something you can, in, in, uh, sorry, incorporate into how you're doing your long runs. I'd always it'd always be broken up. So my long runs on the Saturday from MDS would be cross country. So I'd probably do three miles run there, yeah. run cross country hard. And then it would be a six mile train run back to the, the tube or, and so actually mentally I was never running more than six miles out of that block of 18 miles. And similarly, if you, if you have friends you run with, if you run to their house, then you run with them somewhere and you run somewhere else and then you run back, it breaks it up 
and rather than going out for an 18 mile loop if you can find just parts along the way that make it seem like a different run it's so much easier yeah and um it's, it's interesting what you said about people who are trying to lose weight because losing weight is absolutely one of the quickest ways to get quicker one of the easiest well not the easiest way to be fair but one of the biggest guaranteed ways to get to lose weight but you you won't necessarily lose weight because it is calories in calories out um but you make sure you're getting your carbs on board make sure you get enough protein and you will be hungry and if you want to lose weight you're going to have to be very hungry while you're training but just make sure you're getting your carbs in still um and and think about how many calories it is running it's about 110 calories for most people per mile and you need that on top of what you're eating normally so if you're trying to lose weight just make sure you're getting your fuel in for that um as a bare minimum plus you know quite a big chunk of your two three thousand calories you need anyway what is the um <laughs> i don't know why that suddenly made me think of this that um who posted in the uh, <laughs> bad boy running facebook group that they ran past the real buzz group uh, headquarters oh yes amazing <laughs> fantastic that has to be that has to be uh put on the um bad boy world according to bad boy running map yeah absolutely or, it, or, or, or at least it has to be a stop with the, the do the do badder 100 that i'll be running at some point yeah and they, they said that the the christmas lights are still up because they, they, they <laughs> had a they had a workout that morning where they they'd taken them down the night before and put them back up for the for the calories, but no one was in because they were all out burning calories shopping. No, no, they were all out foraging for gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Raiding a skip for, for your presents for next year. But um, yeah, any any other tips or errors you think people make in the first month of math training? I'd say I'd say get your races in the diary now. Try and do your your plan will hopefully have races scheduled in there. So book them while you can. A lot of the big races set up very quickly especially the half marathons yeah the thing is if you um if you haven't run marathon distance before uh and you uh or or if you're doing ultra stuff uh, this is this is really one of yours to start testing your food and stuff mm. on your on your long runs now because you don't want to be getting any closer you need to that that to be really set month out but even if you if, if you are used to running um trail races ultra races the marathon is so different at the beginning and it's worth going to a race like Reading Half Marathon, where you do get there and there's thousands of people and you've got to dump your bag that's miles away from the toilets and you have to get up incredibly early because the logistics are quite difficult yeah, and you've yeah, got these pens yeah. and. Do you know what? That's something else. That's something else that, but I think we we mentioned it well ages back when we were talking about this. But mm. practice getting up at like fucking five o'clock and working out how you're going to feel having eaten at like half five and getting to the start of the race at nine. Like that's, that's something that, that, you know, you often aren't prepared for um, having to get up at that time, especially if it's something like London where there's a lot of traveling involved um, and how you're going to feel. And then there's a lot of waiting around, um, you know, practice all that. That's absolutely sort of essential. And how you feel when you cross that line, the half, you'll be, so excited and you'll probably start too quickly and you're going to find it hard to run 
at the pace you want to and there's people around you all those things are really useful experience if you've never done a really big marathon before because they are quite unique but uh yeah i think that's a, a fair reflection of the first month of, of marathon training yeah look but see the- we've, we've managed to, to claw back in a, like this is now like an hour 40 podcast and we managed to claw back 20 minutes talking about running i mean that's almost the same amount of time we've just spent going through comedy shows we like, <laughs> <don't> like. <laughs> although i found some new yeah, comedy shows. i found some new ones on netflix bojack oh, horseman oh no i've watched bojack horseman as well really good really good with, with, with i always consider job from uh arrested development isn't it oh incredible <laughs> love that guy his voice he, there's a few people whose voices i'd like peter safanovich Sarah, uh, why can't i Say his name. Sarah Fenovich. Sarah Fenovich. Have you seen? He played. Have you got Amazon Prime? No. Because he's not. He's um. He's a character. It's like a pilot for a a show called The Tick, where he plays this giant blue tick that's a superhero. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which absolutely suits him. Well, I think everything suits him. His his voice is so funny in whatever he says. He's a bit like um, Matt Berry when he's playing uh, anyone posh. He's just hilarious. His his rhythm, everything like that. And so same with Joe. Same. Have you seen Running Wild? It was pretty much the same as Arrested Development straight afterwards, this one series. And it's Joe again. It's got... Um, Oh, how can I not? Mr. Get Your Rocks Off. Oh, yes. Uh, Funke. Tobias Funke. Yeah, Tobias Funke. So, we're, we're, we, don't, we can't remember the actors' names. We're just using the Arrested Development <laughs> names. Yeah. And then Ain't, he's also got Peter Fedorowicz. Anus Tart. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Running Wild's amazing. Then I've also discovered this new show that was a film in 2001 with a ridiculously like a minus cast yeah. that they've remade into a TV series. The film is, is something about a summer camp. Hot, wet, you, hot summer. Yeah. Yes. It's amazing. The TV show is fantastic. Are you like, you said the original. I've seen the film and I thought it was quite good. Yeah. But then the, it's amazing what they've done with that because they've made a prequel, but they're all much more <laughs> 15 years older. <laughs> It's absolutely hilarious. But they've all gone to incredible length. You know, they, they, the people are now people like Bradley Cooper and some of the some really big actors in there. Oh, it's ju- it's just so fucking weird and brilliant at the same yeah. time. To, to have people all in their early forties playing sixteen-year-olds. Do it, yeah, but in this in this like prequel to the thing where they were <laughs> when they were actually twenty. It's when it's like Elizabeth Banks when she keeps going. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I can go undercover as a teenager, and they go, "There's no way." And then she just puts a, a band in her hair. And they're going, "Whoa, whoa! How did you do that?" Have you seen the bit with the toxic sludge yet? He <laughs> <laughs> keeps on eating it, and then the guy falls in. But then they they cut, they didn't hear one bit, so he like pops out again, and then. Oh, sorry, it probably makes no sense here. This is listen. Watch that show; it's very, very well done. Yeah, no, there's a lot of good stuff on Netflix at the moment. Have you yeah, seen there a, seems to be. Have you you seen Stranger Things? Obviously, no, no, have not you? watched that yet. Have you not watched that? No, like, have I've, you watched the OA? 
I think I may have watched one episode. What's the plot behind that? A girl who um, disappeared for like yeah. five years comes back to her parents. She's found. Mm. When she left, she was blind. She's not blind anymore. And she's got mm. a load of weird scars on her back. No, I've not seen either of those then. Oh, I watched the OA. Well, the moment watching... It's not funny at all. It's not funny okay. in any way. I I think just the plot of that and Stranger Things, they just seem to be a bit too much like lost and a bit weirdy in a thought. Stranger, uh, but Stranger Things, I feel, I can't, it's one of those things where it feels so familiar because it's just, it, it's so grounded in those 80s movies, Spielberg mm. movies mm. Um, and like Stand By. No, not no, not really. No, it's not. It's okay. not. It's not weird like that. It's just. Okay. It's much more. I think someone uh, described it as like a sort of a dark Amblin. It's um. It's just. It's really grounded, and all the act. Everyone looks like they're from the eighties. It's just so well done. It feels like an eighties film. It's set in the eighties, and it's set in the eighties. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Oh, does that mean it's Winona, Winona Ryder from the eighties? Oh, wow. Winona. Wait a minute. Is that? What was what's the name of the film? <laughs> what's the name of the film? Watch, watch, reality bites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry if that makes no sense to you, listeners. It's a reference. This, to... it, is a, it is the most esoteric reference of a discussion we had at the end of the South Downs Way One Hundred when you were telling me of a letter you wrote to someone <laughs> that was more like a sinister command an anonymous letter <laughs> it was a valentine's anonymous actually it wasn't it wasn't valentine's it was just me telling i loved her <laughs> i mean I, I loved her by by saying watch reality bites is the last thing thinking she'd realize watch the film reality bites because it's about two friends where they should have been together the whole time and they didn't realize it and then they got together and everything was amazing but she just thought it was from a psycho who was saying watch reality bites <laughs> it's coming to you bitch it's coming for you now payback <laughs> oh wonderful and on that note on that bomb sh- no not that bombshell it's not in dark sh- podcast is it it's not bombshell no but um well we've got quite a few hopefully quite a few good guests coming up in the next few weeks so we're still having to get laurie on next week um get sarah on as well to talk about ultimate hell week i've been thinking um a few potential topics one of them we could get um james on james appleton to talk about how to take great running pictures how to appear good in running pictures (laughs) yeah how to look good in running pictures because remember, if if you can't get a PB, make it look like you're a hero. You make it, and yeah, then... and it's that's it. The problem with it, the problem with someone like an ultra is that at any point there could be a photographer there, and most yeah. of the time you're probably not running. In a five k, you're pretty much okay. You're going to have a photo of you running. It's like when people like do the MDS or do these really long races. Yeah, you know they're looking epic for most of it, and then the one time when they look like a tramp, like struggling up a hill, or be that's when they take the photos. Well, they never have photos of the first two two miles, do they? Because you're all going to be bunched together. So they wait until it's far into the race till they snap any. Yeah. But if you don't know James, uh, James Appleton Photography, he brings out a calendar each year. It's just incredible scenery. He lives up in the Lake District. and I thought you were going to say of like popular runners naked with just oh, a, in a, in a, a, run, with a running shoe. 
hiding their you know modesty. That would be good. That would be good. Maybe next year. This isn't. No. This is the, the the David Hellard calendar 2017. The Bad Boy Institute calendar. <laughs> the Bad Boy. Absolutely. The Bad Boy Institute is absolutely the most sinister thing I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> but he he has a lot of photos. He often goes on trips to. Scandinavia or Iceland or um, he did South America last year and I don't really understand what he does, how he does it but he does slow motion capture so the colours are ridiculous and just the most incredible shots so I was thinking we could get him on and just talk about how to look good in a photo, how to take a good photo everything along those lines Yeah, we should, I mean like photography is a pretty difficult thing to discuss on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> well, but we could just do audio description like Tom Dark does for his, uh... yes, we could we could read out what the picture looks like. Well, yeah, describe what the picture. We can have like comments about the picture, talk about the picture, talk the history of the picture, see what Wikipedia said about the picture, and then fall out with the person that created the picture in the first place. Yeah, 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 perfect. And um, and get to number one in the photographer of the year with someone else's picture. With someone else's picture, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> but, um, I was thinking we could also potentially do an episode on sponsorship. And on challenges and on, uh, we, we spoke a little bit with Danny about how a lot of people in the Project Awesome are doing these incredible tasks and these incredible feats. And partly linking to this a temporary job I'm doing at the moment, uh, but also I think it'd be quite interesting is just talking about how to plan these projects, talking about tying in with that slightly, how to try and get some support for those projects from companies. And and then how to get sponsored, how to get um, how to become an ambassador, all those things. So I thought that could be another topic we could potentially discuss. Yeah, and if actually if um, if any two brothers have topics that they you know think we should uh, talk about, let us know in the Facebook group because we're always open, i.e. desperate for ideas. <laughs> you know, we can't we can't just go to um, a TV series and rip off all their ideas. Um, but yeah, we'd like to be original. Um, and there's, in, any, in there's only 11 more tasks for, for Joshua Stevens to do. Oh, and they yeah, were, that's they it. were out. They were out. <laughs> but um, one thing I have been thinking about doing do you know the OM? Yes. So the OM have got a race in Iceland. Oh, you mentioned that before, yes. Yeah, it's, it's in May. So it's Maybank holiday. And hopefully that means it's going to be 24 hour sunlight. Really nice weather, and I think the OM everything about the OM is great except the weather. <laughs> and so, we're going to go out. Um, Miller's running with uh, with Pete. Oh, yeah, uh, got Menes going out there as a couple, it's, it's all in pairs. So, I, oh, all... it's a couple's retreat, yeah, absolutely. So, Claire and I are going to be running together, right? So, we, we haven't signed up yet, but it's quite limited. I think there's only 80 places in total, which is really small. And uh, we're we're going to be going out there for the whole weekend, um, partying afterwards. So I thought we could potentially make that a bit of a do badder trip. Nice. Bring your missus. What? <laughs> what? Someone what? bring Jenny's like, missus. No, no, no. I've not got a problem. Like, what? I actually, have to go and do some running. Yeah, I'm afraid so. It's um, the short course is five hours on Saturday, five hours Sunday. Fancy the idea of going to Iceland. Actually, that'd be quite nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I totally, I would totally fake an injury just to sit around drinking. Oh, actually, no, it's expensive drinking. It's crazy expensive, yeah. Well, maybe we just get running. Especially with the exchange rate at the moment. <laughs> wow. Gonna be, oh, 
be brutal. But uh, if you've if you've got any letters or any feedback, then Facebook groups good. Yeah, I remember we still more ideas for um, uh, labours of Josh Stevens. He's done a sterling job, you know, of uh, completing this first one. He's still got still got a few to go. Oh, and you know what? I just forgot. Well, you know what has just opened this week? Um, I don't know. Medoc. Oh, has it? Not officially, but our Not group... officially. <laughs> but I've hacked into the computers. <laughs> well, you know, our group are all registering beforehand, so we we get a special deal. And before registrations open, we get two star or three star all together. All buses laid on, registrations delivered to our hotel rather than pick up. So if you're interested in doing that, there is a Facebook group called Medoc Marathon Princess Posse 2017. And all the details on what to expect, how to register on there. We need to get those in before I think the 10th of February so that they can then confirm how many numbers they can release to the public so do get on that asap is one of the best races in the world it's not cheap unfortunately because they really sting you on the accommodation um but they do they do that place we stayed that bare bones bloody uh yeah that was it, i couldn't believe how basic it was that's pretty pricey yeah. wasn't it the uh, yeah. the ibis the ibis budget three so it's it's about 300 it's, it's if i know the prices it's 320 euros for three star 350 for a four sorry four star um that's all in for buses the registration two nights accommodation but that's per person based on sharing so that's the thing if it's if you take out the race entry it costs at, at least 200 euros a night for a three star hotel <laughs> <laughs> and it's not worth it but then it doesn't really matter it. because it is it is an incredible race yeah and you don't really have a choice because the only other option is to somehow try and find your own accommodation and then you have to get to Pauliac and back oh. by yourself to register on the Friday which is a nightmare and then you have to leave early so you don't get free booze afterwards so yeah it is worth it even though it's ridiculously expensive and, so, uh, um, and are there still is there still availability for um, beer lovers there is availability for beer lovers, actually. We we had closed down for our group because I'd booked the hostel, but so many people have been dreadful in um, in following through. I've put down the deposits now for the accommodation, so at the moment I'm about €800 Euros out of pocket. Oh, so, um, but there's, so that means basically that there's, there's places. If you want to come to yeah. beer lovers, get on it now. And that one is cheap. That one's that about £120 for two nights accommodation and pass the party and the beer lovers. And all you need to do is get the train over there and uh, you can do that in Eurostar. So it's 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 really convenient, really just, that's easy. That's what, £120? Quid. I mean, there's nothing. It's like, I, can't, yeah. I cannot believe how cheap it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's because there's no markup um, compared to Medoc. We book the hostels, so we're getting a typical hostel rate. Yeah. And beer lovers itself, I mean, Medoc Marathon isn't that expensive to register for. It's, you know, it's a, maybe it's less than half price of New York Marathon, and you get 20, 20 wine stops and all the rest of it. Um, so if you're interested in the uh, Liège one, uh, Beer Lovers Marathon, it's the 3rd of June. Message me and either message me on Facebook. Or there is a Facebook group somewhere, beer lovers. You'll know it's there because there'll be shitloads of people in their group from um, Bad Boy Running. Cool, man. Cool. So, well, 
That's it, isn't it? We have, yeah. Unfortunately, we haven't got we haven't got Josh to play us out. Ah, um, uh, is that another task of his? That, no, I, I I don't think we need him to record anything else again. That was that was good enough. That'll go down as in history. It will. It will. Absolutely. Hopefully, that's going to be his ringtone from now on. <laughs> but uh, well, pleasure as always, mate. Cheers, man. And, good to talk um, to you. I'll see you soon. Bye 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 bye. Bye 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around.